Paul tells us we are to have the mind of Christ. So what is that mind? Let's find out together. Hi there, and welcome to our Thursday broadcast of Times of Refreshing from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, takes us back to Philippians chapter 2 today, verses 5 through 11, as we see that there is to be a mind that should be in us. He says, let this mind be in you. And he's talking about the mind of Christ. So what that means and how we work that out in our practical lives is the subject of our time together today and tomorrow. Let's catch up with Pastor Napoleon now for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. When we start getting this level and this mindset of humility before God that is true and not false humility, that's when we begin to really start winning our battles, especially in our mind. Watch this. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to look at verse 3 to 6. God gives grace to the humble. If we have humility of mind, then we tap into the grace of God, and then God begins to strengthen us for the battle. If we're lifted up with pride and arrogance like the devil, then we We put ourselves in a position where we cannot access the grace of God for battle. But it's this mindset that Jesus had that caused him to be so successful. Look at verse 4. Let's look at verse 3. It says here, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. This word In the King James, it says, imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural. When you gave your life to Christ, whether you realize it or not, and we're going to see this in the Scripture, you just enlisted in a war. It's a spiritual war. It's a spiritual fight. It's been raging on all around you, even though you may not have known it. The devil, before you gave your life to Christ, was using you as an instrument of unrighteousness for his sake. All of us here have to realize that this is warfare. We have to take our salvation seriously. Take walking with Christ seriously. This is not a joke. This is not a game. Eternity is in the balance here and is being weighed in the balance. And we have to be individuals that realize that I don't play one thing. I'm not playing with my spiritual life. This isn't a joke. This is a lifestyle. This is my way of living. This is our way of living. This isn't something because the devil is playing for keeps. But God is playing for keeps. And we're in this together and we're fighting this war together but we have to see that this war is not carnal it's not something natural we have to get in our bibles and understand the dynamics of spiritual warfare that we're all going to face 
And so that we learn how to be successful when we get hit by the devil. Because he is going to try to hit us in various ways. And, the, and he's going to fight us primarily in our minds. And so I love this. Apostle Paul says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Somebody say strongholds. Strongholds are fortresses that are erected in our minds around a lie. The devil will begin to speak lies to us, and then he wants to create in our mind a fortified place around the lie. So that we constantly believe this thing that is not true concerning ourselves, concerning life, concerning God, concerning purpose, concerning destiny. He wants to get something in our mind and he erects a fortress around this lie. It becomes a stronghold. And these areas of my life, I feel like I'm flourishing. But why is it this area of my life? Did my, I, just, I just don't know if I want to believe that, Pastor. Well, did God say it in his word? Yeah, but I don't know. I want to see it in the Hebrew, the Greek, the Aramaic. I want to see the Old Testament sea scrolls. And I need parchments. I want the Egyptian parchments. And we start going through this whole process. And what if God just said, don't do that? I mean, I mean, how? I mean, oftentimes. We don't agree because we have a stronghold in our mind that needs to be torn down. And we have to learn to give up to these things. Give up to God when we see it, that we give up to the Word of God. That we have humility of mind so we win in this air of our mind and God gets victory through us. But we have these strongholds. Some of them are religious strongholds. We can believe something, we heard something in the church, we believe, and we haven't even tested it through Scripture to find out what does God say. And then when you do see it in the Hebrew and the Greek, I mean, how far do you got to go? Accept it. Receive what God says. But it's the stronghold that keeps us in bondage. God wants, he tells us here, casting down he says, and for pulling, mighty through God, for pulling down strongholds, that means God gives you the power to overcome this particular stronghold in your life. And he says, casting down arguments. He says, in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, he says, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Somebody say, every thought. You can win in your mind. You can cast down thoughts that are, that are contrary to God's will. Stop thinking that, stop giving the devil access to your mind. Cast down imaginations. Cast down reasonings. Cast down arguments. A lot of people just want to argue all the time. The reason why they want to argue is because they're proudful in their mind. And they assume that their opinion is always the right opinion. But look at your neighbor and tell them, you are not always right. Now, there may be a lot of things you are right. But sometimes we're not right. And when it comes to the Word of God, God comes in and he, he through the Bible, what he's trying to do is forge your mindset. So that his thoughts, these are God's thoughts on paper. This Bible is, has been inspired by God. It is God-breathed. 
And I could go on for days talking to you about this holy canon and how powerful, how it was made. And how God took all these people from different places. And only God is miraculous that we have this. This is a miracle from God. And what happens is we have to let it have its ultimate authority in our lives. Because it is the word of God. Can I have an amen? And then we have to learn to cast down the arguments. How do we cast down? We come out of agreement with the thoughts. When you start coming out of agreement with what you hear that is contrary to the word of God, then it loses its power in your life. Stop listening to the devil and agreeing with him. That's how we lose. And it's going to get deeper than this as we get down here. But you'll see this is one of the main reasons why we lose because we're constantly, we have to cast down imaginations or arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring into, thought, into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This thought does not align with the will of God. Let me say this. This is why pornography, pornography is such filth. It's filth. It's one, one of the main reasons why the devil uses it as such a tool. It's filth. What the devil wants to do is, is to get us in fantasy land. Imagery land. And he plays on our fallen nature. Lust. And he, and he gets, he, he knows the gateway into the soul is, is the eyes. If I could just bombard him with soft porn, I could just bombard him with pornography, I could just get him to always be looking at people's bodies and, and looking at them and lustful, then I could get them, then their minds are off, and then now imagery comes. That's how the devil works. He's, a, he's, he's perverted, and he wants to pervert us. He wants to twist our thinking so we get off. I mean, you think about it. I mean, I praise God for my body. I praise God that God has given me this shell to live in. I thank God that he's blessed me with a beautiful wife and all those other things. But at the end of the day, we all just going to be a bunch of dust. You better get your spirit right. Can I have an amen? All that stuff, all that stuff we do, getting ready and, and oh, I'm clean and all this. Yeah, 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 that's cool. But you know where that's going? The only real hope we got is when we get our resurrected bodies. Praise God. Because all this stuff, it's gone. I was thinking about that. I was just like, man, all this lifting, all this running, all this running, all this. You know, you know what Apostle Paul said? Apostle Paul said, bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things. So it's not that it doesn't have profit. And we, it's needful. It's necessary. Now, I'm not giving you the excuse to go out and buy some bonbons. <laughs> Take care of your body. It's the only one you got left. But keep it in its right perspective. Can I have an amen, y'all? Keep it in its right perspective. And then when we see people, it's going to the grave. But the devil tricks people, has them all on there looking at, oh, look at her. I mean, come on, man. It's a waste of time. And the devil now, he, he gets us all. But we got to cast down imaginations, arguments, reasoning, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Don't subject, don't subject yourself to, to filth and perversion. Get it out of your mind. Cast it down. 
begin to quote scripture and fight back against the devil when he tries to get your mind off and my mind off on the things that are not right. Can I have an amen? And realize that sometimes the, when, when the enemy is fighting you, he's fighting you from without, but also your flesh is trying to fight you from within. Tell yourself no. It's one of the big things in the body of Christ that we fail to do. And sometimes even as a, as a, as a preacher, we got to tell people more. Hey, you know what your problem is? You don't tell yourself no enough. When you don't get what you want, you fall out and you throw yourself on the ground and you have a, a fit just like you used to do when you was five when you didn't get your toy. You just do this with God now. I'm not going to church. Oh, so you're having a fit because God didn't give you what you wanted. Maybe he wanted to give it to you, but you acted up. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave this. It started getting crazy. It started getting real quiet up in here. It started getting real quiet up in here. I'm about to get on this machine right here and start, start playing. Take me to the water. Come on, y'all. I didn't lose you, did I? We got to start telling ourselves no. So we can win this battle and glorify God. Can I have an amen? Let's talk about it. Let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Let's get a little heavier with this. This is something we talk about often and we want to revisit it. James chapter 1 verse 12. It says here in verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. It says in verse 14, but, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. You have to realize that the devil is the tempter. Jesus said he was the tempter. The tempter has come. Jesus stated. Satan himself and his demons are tempters. They go along. They find out. They walk around like roaring lions. Seeking whom they, whom they may devour. They're, they're looking for access. Ooh. Oh, he likes that. Oh, she likes that. And the scripture is very clear, as we stated before, the enemy, the warfare, this is why God gives us the helmet of salvation. The warfare is going to start off in our mind. Ultimately, he wants to get to our hearts, but he's the enticer. He's the master of suggestion. Has God said that you should not eat of that tree? Isn't that what he asked Eve? God doesn't want you to have that. Why does that bald head preacher keep telling you not to fornicate? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. He's tripping. He's being religious. He's going too far. He just doesn't understand your needs. Well, he's not single, so he don't know what it feels like. <laughs> Some of y'all laughing at me out there. Yeah. Oh, pastor, 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 you're getting close. I know what the devil says. I know what the devil says. I've been doing this. I've been in this business a long time. 
I know what the devil does, and I'm not ignorant of his schemes and devices. But that's why he's a master of suggestion. And then he'll bring accusation. He'll bring accusation against anyone that's trying to tell you the truth of this book. Discredit them. You know, how can I discredit the pastor so he, they won't listen to him? I'm going to say this, and I'm look. Pastor, he didn't have a, he, he had a frown on his face. See, he's not living holy. I've got to discredit his character, say something bad about him so the person won't listen anymore. That's the devil. I know the devil. That's what he does. Because he doesn't want people to embrace the truth, to hear the truth, and he'll call in a question. Anybody that's an agent of the Lord or the Lord himself, God doesn't understand. God doesn't care. He doesn't see me. That's what the devil starts whispering in people's ears to try to get them to come into agreement with him. And then he entices. It says here, he says here in verse 14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Now, this tells me, like I've stated in this church for years, that the devil cannot put a hook in you if there's nothing to hook on to. Jesus said, the God of this age is coming, but he has nothing in me. What he was saying is, is he's coming, but there's nothing inside of me that he can grab a hold on that, so that he can get agreement from me. But when we have unlawful desires or lust in our heart, then the devil comes along and he starts to dangle the carrot to see if we'll take hold of it. Eve's curiosity. I wonder what that tree really is like. Why is it that God doesn't want us to touch that? Why is it? The devil comes along and he tells her, because the day of you eat of the tree, you're going to be like him, knowing good and evil. Oh, so God's trying to withhold something from me? This is how the enemy is the master at manipulation and enticement. And for us, we have to be people that understand the scheme and then we allow God to deal with our own hearts so that he doesn't have anything to play with in our hearts. Pastor, I don't, I, you know what? I really would like to be married one day. Well, that's fine. But until God brings somebody into your life, you got to keep living for him and laying down your life for him. But when we start lusting after, being driven after, and everything's about that, and it starts consuming our mind and our heart, then the devil comes along. And he might just send you somebody, but it might be the wrong somebody. That's why we have to be secure in who we are and wait for the promise. He says here, he says, is drawn away by his own lust. He says, and entice. He says, drawn away. You know, the devil is good at seduction, which means that he draws you away slowly. Hey, when it comes to the God, listen to this. The Bible is clear. Samson, Delilah didn't get him the first time. But she kept on with it. And eventually, his soul was weakened. And he gave in to the temptation. But there was something in him that really, he knew God said no. But he really wanted to do it. And eventually, he gave in. 
And this is what the devil will do to us, saints. And it starts in our mind. If we have to start getting him out of our mind, when there, don't wait till he gets a hook in your heart and then now you got to get rescued by five of the church members. Do you guys mind if I talk about this this morning? So that we learn how to fight. But it starts with, Lord, help me. I'm being tempted. This is a temptation because something in me needs to change. He says here in verse 5, Then when desire has conceived, desire has conceived, when lust has conceived, when the devil's desire meets with my desire, then conception takes place. Something starts growing in me. Now he's got past my mind and my desire is linked together with his desire. And look what it says here. He says, he says, um, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to what? Sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth what? Death. So we see the progression. I've come into agreement with the enemy. Now conception is taking place. Once conception takes place, something starts growing in me. And then I start looking for opportunities to make what I want to happen happen because I'm in agreement with the devil now. Now he is bringing opportunities. Now when that happens before long, now it gives birth to sin. Now the actions start taking place. But then when the actions start taking place, it doesn't just stop there. Sin is going to deliver me over to death. And this is how the process works when it starts in my mind. Because I didn't have humility of mind. If I allow God to deal with my mind, then I can fight before it gets to my heart. But if conception takes place, then it gives birth to sin. Then sin, when it is finished, when the devil gets done using you, the next thing he'll do, he's going to leave you at death's doorstop. That's what the devil does. And for us, we want to be people that know how to fight back. And we don't give in to the devil's temptations and his tests and his trials and his ways of trying to get us to go down the wrong road. Then when sin, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creations. Meaning there's a new kind, we're the first fruits, a kind of first fruits of a new kind of creature. What kind of creature is this? It is a person that has been redeemed, has been born again. And yes, they still possess the old Adam in them, but there's a new Adam in them now. And this new Adam, through us feeding and cultivating and nurturing the relationship and allowing God to grow, he begins to take dominion in our life. And no longer are we led by the old man. Now the new man begins to emerge in our lives. And not only that, we have God's Spirit 
We have God's nature. And now the things that God wants us to do that are right, we can do them by the power that God supplies. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can live a righteous life through Christ. I can live holy through Christ. I can think right through Christ. I can live right through Christ. I can love right through Christ. I can be right through Christ. I can do the things that I need to do through Christ and not my own power. But it's the power that he supplies. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. <music>